The Lessons Learned for Vets podcast is proud to be brought to you by AFMA, the American Armed Forces Mutual Aid Association. Established in 1879, they are the longest standing nonprofit association empowering military families with affordable financial solutions for generations. Offering life insurance, wealth management, mortgages, survivor assistance, and other benefits, AFMA is here to support you through every stage of life. AFMA is dedicated to helping service members be financially and logistically ready for life after the military. To support you in this process, AFMA would like to offer you their free downloadable transition timeline, a step-by-step guide to help you create a comprehensive military transition plan. Let AFMA help you get ready for your next step by visiting afma.com backslash LL4V. That's A-A-F-M-A-A.com slash LL, the number four, V or clicking the link in the show notes. Hey guys, welcome to the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast, your military transition debrief from the veteran mentors who have gone before you. My name is Lori Norris, and I've been teaching veterans how to successfully navigate their military transition since 2005. I'm bilingual, but instead of a foreign language, I'm a civilian who speaks the language of all branches of the U.S. military. I've used this unique skill to help thousands of veterans, and today I want to help you navigate the hidden opportunities and unseen risks you may face during your own transition from the military. This is the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast. I would follow my gut a little bit more. I I tended to lead with my my head. You know, if things made sense, that's what I did. (laughs) But I I kind of, again, I didn't necessarily follow my gut or my heart or my passion. Um, Mm -hmm. So that would be the advice that I give is that you don't always have to take the safe route. Failure isn't fatal, so to speak. So uh, if you fail at something, it's okay. You can do it. You can try something else, but mm-hmm. just get out there and try. And for too long, I was I was too unwilling to try different things. Um, so that's what I'd tell myself if I could go back. For some of us, school's out, and we're trying something new here on Lessons Learned for Vets. I'm Charlene Reedy, pressing pause on the editing to step up to the mic and introduce Greg Fisher. Greg is a U.S. Marine Corps veteran who served three deployments in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom. As a Marine, he led and took part in combat and humanitarian missions before being honorably discharged as a sergeant in 2006. Greg went on to receive his Bachelor of Science degree from the University of Wisconsin-Parkside, his MBA from Alverno College, and spent the next 10 years working as a leader and coach in the insurance and finance sector. Along the way, he became a certified ECHO and neuroleadership brain-based professional coach. Despite his corporate success, Greg felt himself pulled toward another calling. So, in 2020, he left the comforts of the corporate world and launched Burn Pit Barbecue with a business partner, where he shares the grilling and barbecuing tips, recipes, and seasonings he learned the hard way in the backyard to help beginners cook delicious meals. Today, Greg shares the importance of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, trying different things to discover who you are outside of the military, and finding work that supports your real interests, strengths, and values. He encourages other introverts to lean into public speaking opportunities, meet new people, develop new social muscles, and leave space in your schedule for decompression after all that talking. 
By the end of this episode, you may be inspired to check out Burn Pit Barbecue for new recipe ideas or to pick up a great rubber seasoning for your next grill out or a grill in. Either way, it's fun and flavorful. Welcome to the show, Greg. I am excited to have you here today. Yeah, thanks, Laura. I'm excited as well. So I always start with the same question. So everybody gets that same first question, same first and last question. The middle is all different, but I want to hear your transition story. So was it planned? Did it go as expected? How did that work for you? Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, um, my, my transition, you know, I started planning for my transition almost probably three years in. Uh, so I, I signed a four-year contract with the Marines and, uh, you know, initially I, th- I was going home and I wanted to do 20, but then, you know, we were in the midst of conflicts in Afghanistan and Iraq and uh, I had three com- combat deployments under my belt. And, you know, I, I saw the, the writing on the wall, like, you know, maybe this isn't for me and it's time to move on. Um, so I started planning my transition probably beginning of my third year uh, in uh, enlisted. And um, after that, really you know, a lot of things kind of fell in place within that first six months of me transitioning out of the Marine Corps. Um, so I think I got out in, you know, June or July of 2006. And I came back home to Wisconsin and uh, really just tried to put my roots back down. Um, you know, I found a part-time job, was trying to go to school. Um, so there's a lot of nuances in there. But for the most part, um, I, I tried to stay on that path of wanting to go to school as soon as I got out of the Marine Corps. Okay. So it's relatively smooth. You went kind of from Marine Corps to working and going to school and into a full-time role then. So on the surface, it looked pretty smooth, didn't it? Yeah. On the surface, surface, I kind of did things by the book um, and um, made a lot of mistakes in there about what, you know, what jobs and which employers I worked with when I was going to school. Um, So yeah, there's a lot that I learned through that process that I still continue to try and help other veterans that, you know, that are going through that process right now. Okay, we'll get we'll have to get into those. So after leaving the Marine Corps, you worked in corporate America for more than 10 years. And so just last year, as we mentioned in your bio, you opened your own barbecue business. Um, I know from conversations with you that you were really struggling when you decided to make that leap. Yeah, yeah. And, and the biggest struggle, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, is if you, if you think about it, like I had spent four years in combat, almost, you know, entire four years. And I got out, I went to school. And then if you would have told me I would have wound up in the finance and insurance industry after, you know, being an infantry Marine, I would have, I would have told you you were crazy. So again, I was (laughs) trying to, I was trying to do the conservative thing, the thing by the book, you know, go, go to school, get a good job, provide for your family. Um, But, you know, throughout that process, I kind of lost myself. Um, You know, I wasn't happy. I was pursuing things I thought I should be pursuing. Um, I was going towards this dream of continuing to cl- climb the ladder, even though maybe it wasn't my dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to a point in August of 2020 when the pandemic hit uh, and we were in the midst of it that I was just so unhappy, like something had to change. There had to be something better than just kind of sitting behind a desk for you know eight, 10 hours a day. Um, there had to be something better. And so I, I had this kind of passion about barbecue uh, along the way. Uh, so I had some honest conversations and August of 2020, I left my corporate position and jumped full-time into this. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about how did you know, how did you know that wasn't the right place for you? Yeah. I I think everybody that has made that kind of jump or at least has the thought about it is that there's just some some underlying burning desire um, within them to do something else. Uh, Mm -hmm. They don't see a, a fit anymore with what they're currently doing. And for me, when I looked at my organization, 
there wasn't anything on the horizon any, anymore that excited me either. Um, so I, I moved around a few times within my organization looking for that. But there came a point when there was like, okay, I've got to do this now. Otherwise, I'll never do it. Um, so it was kind of more of just having faith in myself that I was going to succeed. Do you feel like you ended up in insurance and finance almost, for lack of a better word, by accident, by chance? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, for sure. They hired you, right? Yeah. Well, they hired me. Um, the organization that I work for has a really good reputation. Uh, so it was a sought after employer and still is. Mm -hmm. um, so I was excited to get my foot in the door. Uh, but then, you know, I, I, honestly, when I worked my way around, I kind of felt like I was trying to be somebody else to fit into this organization. Um, so that's really what was eating away at me. I wasn't bringing my true self to work uh, every day. Uh, and uh, ultimately, that's kind of what helped push me into what I'm doing now is that I can kind of be myself a little bit more. Burning meat. I like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Meat, fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe a beer now and again. Maybe one or two. Yeah, yeah I mean, you yeah. have to have a beer when you barbecue, right? It's yeah, so I think it's unwritten law. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that that speaks almost to the planning process, right? Mm -hmm. And And I think, you know, I talk about this all the time. I'm like, knowing where you're going so that you can get to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is knowing who you are, right? And what yeah. is, what are you excited about? What do you want to do so that you know the direction you want to go? Do you think that would be an, it would have been an important step for you? Yeah. Yeah. Especially coming out of the military. Um, you know, people <laughs> tend to say they find themselves when they go to college after high school. Well, if you go into the military right away, you're being kind of indoctrinated into military culture and you, you lose yourself as part of that process because you're becoming part of a team and be, becoming part of one. So when you get out, it's hard for most to, again, understand who they are because, you know, the military has been such a huge part of them and who they are. So um, for me, it, it took me a long time to actually kind of dig down and, and really find out who I really was. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, it was a long process and I'm, I'm thankful for the chances and the people that, you know, reached out to me and mentored me along the way. Um, but that also, that ultimately got to me to where I am right now, feeling more comfortable in my skin. Is there any advice you can give to people of like how to figure that out? Like, how mm. do you figure out like who you are and how to be more comfortable with that and mm. finding the right place? Any, any advice you can give on that? I'd say try different things. Um, when I, when I got out, um, you know, I found another team. Um, so part of my transition process now looking back was that, you know, I, I enrolled at the a local university and I walked on to their men's soccer team. So I was a part of a new team again, having that camaraderie, um, but totally different from the military because, you know, college is made up of all different walks in life, mm -hmm. especially at that point. Um, military is similar in that, but just different backgrounds. So um, I got to immerse myself in, with new people and I got to learn more about what they did and what they liked. Um, and that opened up the door to other opportunities to, to try out different things at school, um, you know, join different clubs, meet different people. Um, and that really kind of actually got me towards this grilling and barbecuing because I really didn't do much of it when I was in the Marine Corps. Um, but along this process, I found it and it, it, something clicked with me that, you know, I was passionate about it. So I just say, try different things. Don't self-isolate a lot of you know, people getting out of the military kind of try and do it themselves. Right. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that are willing to help. Okay. So working with mentors and talking with lots of different people and getting input from many different mentors. 
right? Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of us out there and we're willing to help because we don't want people to go through the same struggles we did. And if mm -hmm. we can shorten that process up for somebody, uh, I, I think most of us are willing to help. Okay. So you've gone from the military to the corporate world to business ownership. What has been kind of your biggest learning curve through all of that? <laughs> um, that the continued growth of a person is going to be there forever. Um, yeah. And for me, I, 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 you know, part of the reason I joined the military because I wanted to be different. I had, you know, wanted to serve and uh, serve a purpose, and I continue to do that and find new ways to do that, uh, even throughout you know my corporate career. And now, you know, as a business owner, um, the biggest thing is that there's always going to be something you, you need to learn um, if you're going to continue to grow. Is that you need to step outside of your comfort zone and almost be comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. um, so I, that's the biggest thing I think I've carried with me throughout my time uh, in the military through now is that, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think, you know, this has been a, an ongoing theme in the show is that a transition isn't like check the box <clears throat> and then you're done, right? Yeah. That's yeah. not how it works. And that's I always talk about it. Like that's why I named my, my education company next for vets, because I just want to help you reach whatever's next. And yeah. at, when you reach there, you're probably going to now be looking at what's next after that. And right. so I think that it, we're always looking for what's next. It keeps us motivated. It keeps us moving forward. And I think that's important. So yeah, definitely finding a purpose and driving towards it is, is awesome. Yeah. Tell us about Burn Pit Barbecue. What do you do? How did it come about? Yeah, yeah so uh, Burn Pit Barbecue is an online um, content creator. So we create content around grilling and barbecuing. Uh, and we launched in 2020 um, in August. And from there, we actually developed some products. So we, we sell uh, barbecue rubs and sauces, mm -hmm. uh, primarily online through our website, uh, burnpitbbq.com. Uh, but really what we wanted to do is me and my, my partner um, who co-founded it with me is create a space for people that are new to grilling and new to barbecue, uh, a way to learn and, and get some recipes and some tips mm -hmm. uh, because we knew when we were starting out, like how bad some of our stuff was. Um, so <laughs> again, you know, thinking about that process of, you know, trying to help somebody speed up that process, you know, so they don't have as many bad cooks as we did. Um, that's what our ultimate goal was. And if we can, Give them good content. If we can give them good products, um, we think they'll keep coming back. So that's what that's what we're doing right now. So the majority of your business now is the rubs and the sauces, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And you are providing content and education through your website, and that's yeah. something that anyone can access, correct? Yeah, yeah. So we have a blog, and we, we uh, release a new recipe every week. Um, that we experiment on the grill, on the smoker, even some stuff inside the house um, mm -hmm. that might have a little barbecue feel to it um, because we know not everybody has a grill or has access to a barbecue. Um, so, you know, we're, we're trying to be a one-stop shop for everybody to kind of get ideas and thoughts around things uh, to eat. Okay, not to start any controversy, but how do you <laughs> feel about these indoor grills? <laughs> hey, well, we are an equal opportunity um, type of barbecue. <laughs> Uh, so I, I know that there's a lot of um, traditionalists out there um, that, you know, have a specific way that this is barbecue. This is the only way you barbecue. Well, you know, we're kind of a little bit more open-minded when it comes to that. Um, if it's low and slow, 
I think it's uh, it, it would be considered barbecue, even if that's inside the house sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody has, has their own opinion about that. And we'd be happy to discuss <laughs> if anybody has an issue with it. <laughs> All right. I don't want to get you in any controversial stuff. No, okay. But, you know, it's like, you know, I was thinking about that. I'm like, it's not always yeah. great weather for barbecuing outside yeah. you know so and, and we um, are in uh wisconsin so um the hardcore grillers and barbecues will be out there um during the negative 20 degrees but uh, sometimes most people wait till it gets above 60 over here at least you're standing in front of a fire so at least it's keeping you a little bit warm right yeah yeah <laughs> that's true good point so okay well, you have been through the process of launching and growing your own business. So for those veterans like you that are interested in launching their own business, what advice would you like to share about that? I'd say nobody is better suited to start and run their own business than military veterans. Uh, just the discipline, organization, uh, and really the passion and intensity um, that comes with somebody that served you know, a business owner needs all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of different routes to get the business ownership. You know, you could go the route that I did and, and wait and, until you have everything's, you know, kind of set in stone and, and want to make that transition. Or, I mean, if you're looking to do it right out, out of the military, I mean, those are definitely options. There's resources available. Um, but the biggest tip I'd say is make sure your own house is in order. Uh, make sure your finances are in order. Make sure you have a plan and vision before you start kind of going down the road of uh, developing a business. Okay. That's good advice. I think that you have to have a solid foundation underneath mm -hmm. you. So, yeah. okay, good. Um, if you could go back when you started your transition, even just if you look back on your career, mm -hmm. since you left the Marine Corps, what would you do differently in that process, if anything? Uh, well, I, I think um, I would follow my gut a little bit more. I, I tended to lead with my my head. You know, if things made sense, that's what I did. <laughs> but I, I kind of, again, I didn't necessarily follow my gut or my heart or my passion. Um, mm -hmm. So that would be the advice that I give is that you don't always have to take the safe route. Failure isn't fatal, so to speak. So uh, if you fail at something, it's okay. You can do it. You can try something else, but mm -hmm. just get out there and try. And for too long, I was, I was too unwilling to try different things. Um, so that's what I'd tell myself if I could go back. Do you think it was that fear of failure? Like what if this doesn't work that, that held you back? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and especially if, like for me, I am a huge introvert. Uh, I'm shy by nature. Um, so putting myself out there, especially if you're a business owner or trying different things and failing, mm -hmm. um, it can have a huge toll on the psyche. Um, so it took a long time to build up that muscle that I'm okay with putting myself out there. I'm okay with failing. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, for me, especially, uh, it was, it was difficult, um, to get to that point. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I would rather fail. I would rather try something and fail than stay stuck and not do anything. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I, I mean, I can say that now, um, yeah. but that was, a, that was the struggle that I had for 10 years is that I felt stuck. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was fearful of what was outside of the organization that I was with mm -hmm. and all the stability that it brought with it. And I've had a lot of conversations with people that feel the same way. Um, so I know it's easy now for me to say that, but I know as going through it, it was really difficult. You, you and I really didn't plan on talking about this, but I'm a fellow introvert. 
which most people yeah, find okay. that hard to believe because I yeah. talk to people for a living. But I think that it adds an extra layer of challenge to networking, yeah. to putting yourself out there. Like, how did you get over that? Yeah. Uh, well, I think the, the first thing is awareness. So I, I know I'm an introvert. I know mm -hmm. that so to speak, I'm put into the box that people say that you can't, you're an introvert. Why would you go and do public speaking? You can't do that, that type of stuff. So inherently I took it as a challenge. Um, and uh, I started developing those skills over time. And honestly, my corporate career helped me with that. Um, I was put in positions where I needed to speak in front of large audiences and, and be right. in front of people. Um, but then at the same time, you know, I have this, this personal need for growth. And I knew that if I wanted to continue on this growth journey, I needed to push myself out there, be uncomfortable a lot, uh, especially with networking and things like that. Uh, and as, as you continue again to build that muscle, it just becomes natural. And, and you, you kind of, it still takes time and effort. Like after a long conversation like this, I'll need to decompress <laughs> a little bit. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that about myself now. Um, it's about that self-awareness that I can block off my schedule now for a little bit of time uh, to uh, decompress and, and kind of get back to center. Um, so it's all about self-awareness, understanding how you work and operate. Yeah, I think that's, that's good. You know, I mean, the worst, what's the worst that could happen from putting yourself out there, right? I mean, if, if we're a combat veteran, yeah. you could be told no, and you'd be like, well, I got shot at, you know, you know, when I was in the Marine Corps, so you can't really hurt me. So, so <laughs> it's all about how you frame it. You have faced scarier situations, most likely, than, than getting bit. up and talking in front of people. But yeah. I do know that it's real. It's a real fear. It's very difficult. We don't want to put ourselves in a situation where we feel uncomfortable as introverts. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it is, you know, like you said, I think that's great advice to like give yourself that space after an event to know like, okay, I need to go be by myself yeah. <laughs> in a quiet room for a little while or to sit down yeah. and read a book, whatever it is. I mean, I remember as an introvert, when I would teach, I used to teach tap and I had to be like on all mm -hmm. day, eight hours a day, three days in a row. And I, that, by that Friday, like, I needed to take Friday off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, which was, it was hard because I couldn't take that much right. time off. And so I do know that, but so block that, know that about yourself if you're an introvert and also just know that you're right. It is like a muscle that mm -hmm. if you keep trying and you keep exercising that muscle, it will develop and yeah. it will become more comfortable and uh, you may not ever like it, right? <laughs> but yeah, no, do it that's, better. that's right. So it, it feels better. And you know, once you do that, sometimes like there are some things I go to where beforehand I'm like, oh, I really don't want to go to this. But then afterwards I'm like, man, I'm so glad I went to that event or yeah. that, or mm -hmm. I did that conversation because I got so much out of it. And, you know, again, I grew, I grew a little bit that time too. So yep. it's usually the ones that I don't want to go to, which are usually the best ones. And, you know, it is, we cannot really relate that to exercise, right? There's got to be an exercise that you do that you just, I hate burpees. I do not <laughs> like them, but I know that they are, they're good for you. And so I do it, but, you know, so you've got to know that it's the same kind of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, I think that's good. Thank you for uh, taking that introvert detour with me. So. Yeah, no, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what do you want to share from the transition that you went through that you want to make sure that other people hear from you? Yeah. The biggest thing that, um, in my transition is that 
I kind of took the first job I was offered and this wasn't my corporate career. This was, you know, when I was going to school and I was, you know, looking for part-time work, I, I took the first job that was offered to me that claimed to be veteran friendly. And really what they meant was they're veteran friendly until they get you into the door and then they kind of forget about you. <laughs> so um, as much as they interview you as a veteran, make sure you're interviewing that organization too. Uh, you know, if it doesn't feel right, listen to your gut. <laughs> um, right. If you have an opportunity to speak with others within that organization that might be veterans, do it. Um, and I'm a, I'm a huge supporter and proponent of um, networking. I, I think through your network, you're going to find your next opportunity. So as soon as you start thinking about transitioning out of the military, uh, start building your network wherever you're going. Uh, even mm -hmm. if you've never been there before, you can reach out to their local chambers of commerce. Uh, they have a probably they probably have a veterans organization that focuses primarily on networking and, and, and jobs. So reach out to them. Um, so start building your network before you get out. Okay. And I, I think that you made made a good point in that first lesson. And I want to talk about that in just a minute. You said yeah. you should have been interviewing them as much as they are interviewing you. And I, I tell people there will be interviews where you're sitting there and you say to yourself, I don't want this job. Yeah. Right? But I think that there are sometimes where people ignore that voice, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, no, I need a job. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ignore that. So what are maybe some signs, some questions that you might've asked that you, you think would have helped you to, to hone in better on that first position? Yeah, I think I would have taken some more time to actually maybe um, speak to some more people. You know, the, the, some of the, the red flags, I guess, that I got were, this is good and bad, but within like, you know, 12 hours of me turning in my resume to that organization, like I was already on the phone with them because uh, this was that time was you know, like paper applications. Right. Um, and then, you know, they were offering me like a warehouse job right away where, you know, I think we owe it to ourselves, maybe um, ask more questions and kind of get our worth. Um, I don't think I was being paid my worth. I don't think I was giving a position that was my worth. Uh, all I saw was a veteran that was infantry and he must be good at, you know, stocking, you know, boxes and things like that. So I would say just kind of do some more research, understand what you're, you know, what, uh, what you want. And then also what the organizations that you're looking for have to offer. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I tell myself going back, you know, 16, 17 years. And do you think that if you had just kind of pumped the brakes to take some time to talk to some people to ask other questions, do you think that would have cost you the opportunity? Because I don't really think it would have. No, <laughs> there would have been other opportunities that came my way. Um, yeah, if I would so, have kept looking. yeah. Yeah, and I don't necessarily mean that you know that you shouldn't take that first job because sometimes the first job that's offered is great. But I think yeah. the problem is you're offered the position and you're like, okay, I can check that box. Somebody wants mm -hmm. me, and then you stop looking. Yeah. And it may not necessarily have been the best opportunity yeah. for you, that first one. So it's not always the case, but yeah, and no, they will I'm... wait for you, don't you think? They would have waited for you to take a couple of days to make a decision. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think so. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think that if I would have said, no, I don't want to do that, that particular position, I want to do this over here, I think they would have been open to the opportunity as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think that's important. So, and some of the ways you can do that, I mean, there, there are sites like glassdoor.com mm -hmm. that has 
those internal, you know, reviews, if you will, oftentimes it's a place where people go to air their grievances. <laughs> but if you're seeing a trend of the same grievance again and again and again, then that's something that I would dig into a little bit. Yeah. Maybe yeah. ask some questions, right? Mm -hmm. And then also what you said is, you know, reach out to some people internally. So LinkedIn has a great search feature that will allow you to search people who work in the company where you're interviewing that are also veterans. So yeah. you can actually search by their former employer. And mm -hmm. I would open it up to all branches of the military and then ask them, you know, if they hire veterans, how well do they take care of us? Yeah. Right. So I think those are great questions to ask. And so take the time. Oftentimes you're in such a hurry to check that box of, okay, I got a job. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm good. I'm getting paid. Right. So, and again, that comes back to me to preparing yourself in advance so you don't feel the pressure. Yeah. To just take that first position. Right. Yeah. And uh, luckily, you know, I was in a financial position where I was always, always been a kind of a prudent saver. Mm -hmm. So I left the military with quite a large fallback on. So I didn't necessarily need to have that job. I could have waited, um, yeah. which, you know, looking back, I probably should have. But, um, yeah, I, I think you're totally right is that, you know, financially preparing yourself so you're not in that position to have to take the first job uh, is definitely helpful. I would also say, like, ask yourself, am I taking this job to make myself feel better? Right? Is it an ego thing? Like, okay, yeah. somebody wants to hire me. Or are you taking the job because it's the right job for you? Yeah. For your family, for your personality for your future goals like really yeah. and truly ask yourself that question it's okay to turn jobs down do it yeah. in a professional way yeah. um you know never burn a bridge but it's okay to say no yes yep so don't be in such a hurry obviously if that great job comes along and, and you've evaluated it but definitely take the time i, I think that's really good advice take the time to think about all the aspects of the job and is it the right thing? Because veterans typically have loyalty naturally ingrained in them, yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. And so then it's very hard to leave, right? It is. So I think it is. you probably, the position that you ended up leaving last year, you probably stayed in far longer than you should have, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I stayed with the organization longer than I should have because mm -hmm. of that loyalty factor. But uh, then something kind of switched in me where I felt like, um, loyalty is great. <laughs> um, but you know, my health, my wellness, you know, my dreams are important as well. Yep. And I think sometimes it could be misplaced loyalty at times, yes. you know, like, is yeah. it actually reciprocated? <laughs> so. And I think for most it's not, you know, as soon as you leave your job will be posted and they will fill it. So yep. uh, I know a lot of us loyalists <laughs> have, uh, those thoughts that, you know, they're never going to carry on without me, but just like the military, they'll find some way to replace you. Yep. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. A business is a business. They've got to make money. They've got to keep their operation going. Um, I would just challenge you to ask yourself if you're getting the same level of loyalty back that you're offering. Yeah. And so I always say that you need to be your own career manager from here on out. You don't have uh, someone above you that's saying, Hey, okay, we need to make sure you're doing the right thing. You're following the right path. You're getting the right certifications. You're on an upward path. They'll just let you live out 
your day as long as you're performing, right? Yeah. yeah. So they're not going to, most companies are not going to push you forward if you're happy with just sitting where you're at. So. Yeah. I mean, in my experience, like nobody's going to come tap you on the shoulder. You, I mean, you have to go and you have to find those opportunities mm -hmm. either within that organization or outside of that organization. Uh, there are plenty of times where I was pestering my managers like, Hey, get me into this course, put me into this program. You know, it wasn't, it would have been on their radar if I didn't bring it up to them. So yeah, that's, that's great advice is like, you know, nobody's coming to save you. Nobody's going to ask you to lead this organization. Uh, you have to go and you have to do it yourself. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so I think that is really good advice. So thank you very much for sharing that. Thank you for sharing like the struggles that you went through personally that drove you to make this big change. Yeah. And uh, if you are a barbecue enthusiast, I will put the link to uh, Greg's company, to the Burn Pit Barbecue in yeah. the show notes and go check it out. And just do you want to give us the website? Yeah, so the website is burnpitbbq.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Burn Pit BBQ. Um, and if you want to connect with me on a professional level, I'm on LinkedIn, just my first and my last name. You'll find me uh, pretty active. So if you're coming to Wisconsin looking for employment, um, I'd be happy to help connect you with the right people. Uh, or if you just want to network, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Excellent. I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile okay. in the show notes as well. So awesome. they can reach out for you there. All right. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. And I, I got to go check out your grill tips and not for me. So I'm not the griller <laughs> in the family, but I'm going to send my husband your way. So awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lori. <laughs> thank you, Greg. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Lessons Learned for Vets. If you learned just one lesson today that you believe can help smooth your path during your transition from the military, then I have done my job. If you haven't already, please click subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, leave us a review and share our podcast with your friends. Connect with me on LinkedIn and join the Lessons Learned for Vets Facebook community to tell me what lesson you learned today. See you next time.